Hey, everybody. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it's closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to June 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Hey everyone, Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark and Charles W. Chuck Bryan is with me as always. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? I'm good. We've got Jerry in the house. Oh, yeah. This one, uh, you know, probably won't be our funniest podcast. No. And I have to say that I suggested landslides without knowing about that landslide. No. I swear. No. I promise you, I sent this to you on Monday and then saw like a few hours later. Wow. And I was like, oh boy. I didn't, you know, I was I was on vacation, so I didn't hear about it. Um, but yeah, so it's super relevant. Well, yeah, it is. You know. And apparently unintentionally relevant. Yeah. Like our Black Boxes episode. Yeah, it's been happening weirdly. Yeah, um, if you have been uh, not paying attention to the news at all lately, then you may not know, but there was a massive landslide in Washington that, as of last count, I think um, the death toll is at like 24, yeah. which is a, an, an astoundingly high number for a landslide, uh, in, at least in the United States, because something like 25 to 35 people die in the US a year yeah. from landslides. This one was one single enormous landslide. And if you haven't seen the pictures to get an idea of just how large it was, you, you should go online immediately um and check it out because it's it was nuts what happened there. Yeah, it's about an hour north of Seattle and I know we have a lot of fans in Seattle so we're obviously thinking about everyone there, but um it is you know, there's still, you know, 170 plus people missing and yeah. it's, it's, it looks like it will be easily the deadliest landslide in U.S. history by the time this is all said and done. It seems like it. But I'm clearly hoping there's more survivors, but it's just a scary man. Oh yeah. To think about like being trapped like that and possibly still alive. It's just like the whole thing is upsetting. Yeah. Because I mean, if you were inside a structure that's yeah. now covered with mud, you might, you know, there's a chance that you are, you're not buried. The structure around you is buried. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty awful stuff. Yeah. Um, the, uh, to me, what's even more awful, and I read an article where a res, an unnamed resident was saying like, yeah, we're not mad at the authorities, but yeah, apparently they, they didn't heed a lot of, um, warnings. Oh, really? This area, the area that was covered in landslide, was known since the 60s in the area as Slide Hill. Uh-huh. The, the area itself is called the Steelhead Landslide. So, like, imagine if um, the street you live on is 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 not in Eastlake. Right. 
but in Steelhead Landslide. Right. Like, Landslide is in the name of the area right. that you live. So it wasn't like the biggest surprise. No, and there was a 1999 report by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers that predicted a um, the potential for a large catastrophic failure right there yeah. where it happened, and that's exactly what happened. The landslide happened. It covered about a, a square mile. Yeah. And um, is like 15 feet deep right now. Well, you can't tell people where to live, though, you know? No, you definitely can't. But I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't have warned, but, like, people still live in flood zones and people still build their houses on the sides of a hill in Malibu. And Yeah, and I guess if you're warned and, like, you were willing to take that risk and you wanted yeah, to, then sure. yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But I, I don't know if... Um, I don't know if everybody was as aware of the right. potential, but apparently there was a, a landslide in that area as recent as 2006. Really? Yeah. So apparently this was the big one, and it was coming a long time, and that and set off happened. by water in this case, right? Yeah, there was word that possibly it was an earthquake, but they think no, it was. Um, there was a lot of rain. Yeah. That that came before then, and so well, let's let's get down to explaining what happened exactly. The uh, the landslide there is actually technically a mudslide, um, and mudslides, landslides, a bunch of other ones. They're all they all fall under something called uh, mass movements. Yeah, and that is uh, the umbrella term, and that basically means gravity is at work, uh, moving something down a slope, some kind of sediment. Um, it can be a landslide, which can is obviously devastating, or it can be super slow over centuries, and we'll get into all that in a minute. But mm-hmm. um, and, well, we'll get into all the triggers, too, but I guess we should talk about uh, they're categorized depending on uh, how fast it's moving, um, what kind of materials are being moved. Right. Um, in every case, though, you're talking about soil uh, moving off of bedrock, the, the friction ba- being overcome by gravity. That's exactly what a landslide is. And, and sl- it's like super fast erosion. Yeah, on any slope, you have soil over rock, and it's being held in, in place by friction. It's kind of scary to think about. It I mean, really is. You know it's true, but then when you read it, it's like, wow. Yeah, I mean, like, if you've ever, like, dug a hole in the ground, yeah. it's not easy. It's no. not like a, it's not like silt or something like that. It's, it's like ground. It's hard ground. But, you know, that stuff is, it's not fused to the bedrock beneath. Right. It's, it's, there's, there's a, a kind of, um, there's a friction that's holding it in place and that can, that can fail. And that's, that's what a landslide is. Exactly. Like you said, gravity overcomes friction. Yeah. And it can on some very large scales. It can on small scales. Um, and then, like you said, depending on the, the type of movement, how it moves, what's moved, you have different categories of mass movements. Landslides are just one of them or a slide. Yeah. Uh, is one category. There's slides, creeps, slumps, and flows. Yeah. Creeps are, um, obviously super slow. It can be, uh, months, years. It can be centuries of creep. And that is when the sediment, uh, when the friction is is not working, but it's not completely destroyed. So there's still some friction. Yeah, it's just moving super slow, and that's usually as a result of a lot of freezing and thawing going right. on to change the composition of the soil. Yeah, when the um, when a, a freeze comes through, the sediment in the soil um, is pushed upward as it freezes, and when it thaws. It falls back downward. So what you have, if you look at it on a geological time scale, yeah. is basically an undulation 
uh, up and down yeah. of the soil that is moving downward on a slope. Like millimeters at a time. Right. And then uh, the telltale signs, though, you can see that a creep is happening because telephone poles will be kind of askew yeah, or, or trees or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You, they, that means that you're standing on or looking at a um, slumping slope. Yeah. And you won't see it happening. No, your, but I did see I. a pretty awesome GIF. I can't remember where. Was it time lapse? Yeah. It's a time lapse GIF. And it wasn't over the course of a year. It was over the course of, I think, several days in San Bernardino or whatever. But yeah. it's just like, whoa, there it goes. It makes you feel unstable. Yeah. Like the earth beneath your feet. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the earth is a constantly evolving mass. Mm-hmm. You know, soil is being moved from here to there. And there's all sorts of different agents of change. But it, And it moves in different ways. It can creep. Yeah. Um I think I said a slumping slope. That's not true. That was a creeping slope. Yes. A slump is when you have a big chunk that breaks off as a single, a whole chunk and just moves. That's a slump. Yeah. And that can be, the the actual thing can be called a slump too. It can have a couple of meanings there for that word. Like the big piece can be called a slump. Right. Or Or if the movement is the slump. If they're not sliding like they used to. Right. They're in a slump. slump. Yeah. (laughs) True. Uh, and that is when, um, basically the base can't support this big chunk on top of it. And again, it's usually due to, uh, moisture and water. Right. Is the general cause for slumps as well. Yeah. Water's like the primary all time leading winningest cause of mass movements. Yeah. Because either like, um, in a slump, a, a good, uh, analogy or a good example is if you're at the beach and you just see like a whole, um, a whole hunk of wet sand shear yeah. off of another hunk of wet sand. You just witnessed a slump. Yeah. And actually, water can create stability for sandy, loamy, or clay soil. Yeah, like you build a sandcastle, you want the sand wet. Exactly. Up to a point. Right. When you add too much water, it becomes saturated, and then you have a slump or you have a slider, a flow. Yeah. Um, and then with other types of mass movement, that water can get underneath and... Uh, interrupt the friction between the soil and the bedrock. Right. And that's when you have some sort of movement as well. So that's creep and that's slump. And then finally we have flow, which is uh, just basically a soupy mix of water and rock and uh, soil and other materials. And it's just... Those are usually the deadliest because yeah. they spread further. That's like a mud flow or an avalanche. They get everywhere. They'll like enter into everything. It's not just it's yeah. not just like a bunch of dirt. It's it's like a river, a moving, a fast moving river of mud and debris. And I uh, misspoke earlier. That's um, in Oso, Washington. Uh-huh. That's what that's what that was. It was the uh, a, oh, mud, it was a, flow. a mud flow that started it. That came down and covered everything. Oh, it was okay. Mud. Gotcha. That which actually hampered rescue. Um, operations because apparently it's just like quicksand right now. It'll oh, just yeah. suck you right in. Man. Yeah. So in the case of, uh, well, in the case of a, anything other than a creep or a slump, if you're talking about a, a quick landslide, it happens just like in a snap. It's, it's going and picking up speed, but it is the result of years and years, uh, of, of like slow, steady erosion. Right. Basically. It's not something that just happens out, or it can be triggered. We'll talk about like earthquakes and stuff like that. Right. But in general, it's, uh, the weathering down of objects 
And I guess the difference we should describe between weathering and erosion is erosion is transporting the weathered material mm-hmm. and weathering is, is the actual wearing down of that material. Right, yeah. So they're different. Yeah, so if you have a rock uh, that's a nice big solid piece millions of years later, yeah. it's been weathered into a bunch of soil. Yeah. And then as as uh, as it's lost its composition, it can move more easily. And when it moves, it's being eroded. So erosion is the is the process of movement. The weathering is everything that leads up to that ability for it to be moved. Yeah, and weathering is important because it's your uh, weathered landscape is going to be much more likely to landslide. Um, that's why you'll see them in more extreme environments where you get like tons of rain or mm-hmm. like a lot of snow, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, heat, cold, water, and oxygen, those are all things that impact weathering or yeah. that cause weathering. And there's there's two types of weathering. There's mechanical weathering and there's chemical weathering. And mechanical weathering is basically um, the material is broken down, but it re- it retains its same chemical composition. Like the rock. Right. Yeah. It was It's still the rock, but it was broken down into smaller pieces of itself, um, say by wind or something like that. Yeah. Or water lapping against it. Now, if you had the pieces, those pieces of rock that were in water that ultimately over the course of years dissolved it, yeah. it would be in solution and it would no longer chemically resemble itself. That's chemical weathering. Right. So like if you pour acid on your hand, uh, it's going to reconstitute into something else on the other end, the hole that burns <laughs> through it. The stuff that ends up on the table is yeah. not really the same thing as your hand. You've just chemically weathered your hand. Oh, wow. That's a pretty extreme example. <laughs> um, and then you talked about the constant state of movement on the earth. That's going on at all times. And that's basically, if you're going to have erosion, you're going to have a deposit somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just a constant cycle on the earth of weathering, carried away by erosion, and being put somewhere else. Right. In, in cases of landslides, uh, the bottoms of hills. Yeah. When we toured Guatemala, you, uh, Jerry and I, and, um, or I should say me, um, we were at the site of a landslide that had happened. Um, I will never forget it. Yeah, and they, you know, you could still see in the uh, sort of uh, jungle-like forest the, the swath that had been cut through years yeah. earlier. Because all the stuff on either side was old growth. Yeah. And then the stuff that it, through the it's landslide like flow was, yeah, it was like, it was much younger, yeah. shorter, gr- like a different kind of green as well. And I they, mean, they pointed out that we were like 12 feet higher than, uh, mm-hmm. basically standing on, uh, bodies. The old, yeah, the old village. Yeah. They were unable to recover about 250 people. Yeah, it was really upsetting. Yeah. And remember, their children were running around, all these orphan children. Yeah. Um, like they were just kind of, they belong to the, the remaining village now. It was really something else. Well, yeah, and just when they said, like, you're like 12 feet higher than right. just the whole land raised up yep. because of this mudslide. It was one of those ones that, like, you just kind of chewed on for a little while before you finally understood, like, the full gravity of it. Even though, like, while while I was standing there, I was like, oh, this is nuts. But yeah. Then the more I thought about it, the, the nuttier it got. Uh, so the sediment, um, we, we talked about the deposition at the bottom of the hill. The sediment is known as talus. Right. That's the official word for it. When, when it's from a landslide. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's being carried down. And um, with erosion, there are five different things that can act on it, which are uh, water, which we've covered, and wind, and then gravity, of course, which we mentioned, and then waves and glaciers, too. And technically, gravity is a part of all of them. Right. 
Yeah, that's true. A part of all mass movement. But um, those five agents of erosion, there are different things that can trigger a landslide or a mass movement. Um, and, and really, if you think about it, all a mass movement is, like a landslide, yeah. it's just erosion in at high speed. Sudden and high speed erosion is, is basically what that is. Rather than taking millions of years to move from here to there through wind or waves or whatever, it's just, it happens in a moment and it happens en masse. All right. So you mentioned the triggers. Uh, we will cover those right after this message break. All right. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, everybody, it's time you heard about Squarespace. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own website, whether it's an online course or custom merch. Squarespace has you covered. That's right. Courses is a great program. You can start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with a powerful Fluid Engine editor. That's right. With Fluid Engine, which is a next-generation website design system, by the way, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. That's right. And don't forget the commerce side, because after that, you can charge a one-time fee or you can even sell a subscription. Yeah. So turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. And right now, go to squarespace.com stuff for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code stuff to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. All right. So we mentioned triggers. Uh, the landslide always has to have a trigger. There has to be something to actually set it off. Right. Uh, even though it may be years and years in the making, something finally pushes that button to make it happen. Um, it, it forces gravity to overcome friction. That's right. Uh, one of the things that we mentioned already in the case of Washington was water, and that is probably the most common. Right. Heavy rainfall. Uh, I know in California and Los Angeles, when you see houses slipping off the hill in Malibu, it's because they don't get a lot of rain. And when they do, things like that happen. Yeah. And it's either water saturating the ground and just making it so heavy that it flows downward. Yeah. Or it gets down in between the, the soil and the bedrock and just causes the whole thing to it undermines everything. Either way, water equals a lot of movement. Earthquakes. That yeah. can definitely trigger a landslide. Um We've covered earthquakes. You should go listen to that show if you haven't. It's a good one. But you've got the vibrating of the Earth's crust, and that um, is going to disrupt that friction pretty easily. Yep. Another big one is wildfires. Yeah. Which you would think, well, how would a wildfire trigger that? I'll tell you how. Um, 
vegetation, the roots of vegetation, can lock soil into basically a totally solid cemented state. Yeah. And as long as you have thick vegetation on a slope, it's going to be fairly stable. When a fire comes through, burns out all that vegetation, it often burns the roots as well, leaving not only uh, less stable soil, but actual pockets in that soil too. Yeah. So now it's kind of pebbled, which makes it a lot more vulnerable to landslides after a wildfire. Yeah, I would... I'm just guessing here, but I would guess a, a landslide could happen like even long after a wildfire. Yeah. Like if those roots die away, it would just become even less stable. Yeah. Uh, and then volcanoes, uh, volcanic action is a big cause. And there are a couple of um, different kinds of flows that can contribute to a landslide from a volcano. One is called a pyroclastic flow. And that is after your dome has collapsed or during an eruption, and these are super high speed. They've clocked them at 450 miles an hour, uh, 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, lava flowing at you at 450 miles an I hour. I can't even imagine that, like Can what that would even look like. Can you imagine 724 kilometers per hour? <laughs> That's easier. Well, there you go. <laughs> then you just imagine 450 miles an hour. Yeah, but I mean, I don't even know what that looks like. Yeah. You know? Or it the looks one like in- instant death. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then they, uh, something called a lahar, which is an Indonesian word. And this isn't, uh, doesn't have to be during an eruption, but it can be. And it is set off by water as well. Um, it's, it's almost always near something called a stratovolcano, which are like super steep cones. And mm-hmm. a lot of times there's either a crater lake or it's snow capped up top. And so that's the, the water agent. Uh, a lot of times it's the snow and it, it sort of looks like wet concrete. Yeah. Flowing downhill. Yeah, and it may or may not be set off during a, an actual volcanic eruption. It could happen anytime. Yeah, and it's it's much slower, you know, 20 to 40 miles an hour, but... Still, if you're in a golf cart, you're dead. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and while it's not fast, it has um, a lot more rock, so it is uh, one of the deadliest yeah. a lahar is, I think, because of just the sheer, like, it can carry, like, a big boulder Yes, in the middle of that wet concrete. Plus a, a volcano also, um, it's just, it's not very stable because the composition of it is usually pretty loose, rocky soil. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you add water, it immediately turns to slurry. Um, and when they erupt, they tend to shake the ground a little bit. Oh, yeah. Which is what happened in the, um, largest recorded landslide in 1980, Mount St. Helens. Yeah. Everybody knows the eruption, but there was actually an attendant landslide. That is on YouTube. You can check out. As a matter of fact, um, we're putting a post up uh, of just amazing landslide footage that uh, you can check out on our website. Um, just go to stuffyoushouldknow.com and check out that post. There's just a, a, just some crazy stuff that people just happen to be filming, and all of a sudden the 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 earth changes right before your eyes. Yeah. And one of them is this Mount St. Helens eruption, where just the whole mountain is basically just melting in front of you. I remember that one. Do you? Oh, yeah. I was only four. Yeah, I was uh, nine, so yeah. it was on my radar. Oh, yeah, I'll slightly. Uh, that one uh, traveled at speeds of 150 miles an hour. And again, Washington State, not getting a break. Uh, destroyed 27 bridges, uh, about 200 homes, miles and miles of road, and covered uh, 23 square miles uh, with debris. Yeah. That was Mount St. Helens. Well, you know, just a landslide. Another, another frequent hazard associated with landslides is, you think about it, um, 
when all of this earth is coming down, it's coming downward into a lower space, which is very frequently a valley, yeah. which is very frequently a river valley, yeah. which means that the river is dammed now, so it's flooding behind it. Yeah. Right? So you have a flood, a flood hazard immediately. And then if that river or if that dam breaks, then you have a, another flood hazard downriver all of a sudden, too, which is something that's going on in Washington right now. Yeah, the same thing happened in, um, I think it's the most expensive landslide in U.S. history in Thistle, Utah, uh, in 1984. The same thing happened there. It dammed up the Spanish Fork River and caused like much more problems just because of the flooding. Yeah. And that was a $200 million fix in 1984 dollars. And, uh, and that was even when Reagan was in office. So it's not too much <laughs> different from the 2013-14. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Hey, everybody. Did you know that Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico? But it's more than just a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Yeah, that's right. It's an island that's filled with adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored, like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the entire United States. That's right. Or you can get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico that remind you of why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island. It becomes a part of you. That's right. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Uh, the submarine landslide we should probably talk about, that is yeah. uh, in the ocean. And that is, you can you can have an earthquake under the ocean right. triggering a landslide Mm-hmm. underwater, which will trigger a tsunami. Yeah, it can. A one, two, three punch, basically, of natural disasters happening. Yeah, all in concert. Um, that And that actually, I don't know if this really technically counts, but it seeing that um, little bit triggered a memory of the uh, Lake Penure disaster in oh, Louisiana man. in 1980. Texaco was drilling in Lake Penure, mm-hmm. and apparently they didn't consult the map closely enough, and they were using a 14-inch diameter drill, and they drilled into the lake bottom, which was on top of a salt mine, and they drilled into an operational salt mine, and the lake got sucked into the hole in wow. this giant whirlpool um, that took about like 30 to 50 of the surrounding acreage around the lake in w- into the lake with it. Holy cow. 11 barges were sucked in. 
the um, flow of water reversed, so it went from fresh water to salt water. It sucked the gulf into it for a second. Man. And then a couple days later, after there were like 400-foot geysers as like these shafts were filling with water and the air was being displaced. Wow. And um, a couple days later, after the water pressure stabilized, like nine of the barges popped back up and like went back to floating after being sucked down into this diamond mine. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? And apparently there's footage of of it. It's it's awesome. It's like just the most amazing thing. I guess more amazing than that is no one died. Wow. Yeah, there was one guy on the lake who was operating the drill. He got out, and then there was a guy fishing on the lake, and he zoomed his boat to shore and made it like inland far enough that he made it. But I think three dogs died. Lake Penure, P-E-I-G-N-E-U-R disaster. Check it out. I was all excited, and then the saddest ending ever. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I'm going to put that up. there had to be some sort of erosion going on there. And oh, technically, yeah. it was submarine erosion. Um, the most deadly uh, landslide in the history of the world is uh, was in 1920 in China, uh, December of 1920. It was triggered by an earthquake, and uh, as many as 200,000 people died in that Holy one. Holy cow. And some of that was from the earthquake, but they said the landslide was responsible for most of the, the deaths. Yeah, like I said, in the U.S., it's like 25 to 35 deaths a year. Worldwide, it's more like 4,000. Yeah. And then on on years where there's terrible earthquakes, it'll go up into the tens of thousands. Um and then there was there was a mud like for there was a mudslide in 1999 uh-huh. in Vargas State of Venezuela that killed like 30,000 people. It just covered a bunch of towns like wow. all at once. It was a mudslide or mud flow, I guess. Huh. Well, one thing I thought was interesting was that, um, and I think Jennifer points this out early in the article that while in the states we don't see a lot of uh, deaths from landslides each year, they're the most expensive natural disaster mm-hmm. uh, over, I think. Tornadoes, earthquakes combined yep. in this country. And if you will consult your homeowner's insurance, you will almost definitely find that landslides are not covered. Yeah. Nope. Well, I guess we should get to that point then. That, or is it us? Is it humans that are causing these things? Yes. <laughs> always? Not always. No, animals can cause it. Like a goat can cause a, a landslide if it really is unsure-footed. Yeah. But goats don't blast mountaintops with dynamite. That's one. Yeah. They don't deforest. Yeah. Deforestation's a big problem. Uh, road building and through the mountains. Yeah, because think about it. When you have a mountain and you cut a road through it, yeah. all of a sudden what was once a relatively gentle slope yeah. are now two steep slopes on either side just aiming right at the road. Well, yeah, and I think everyone's probably driven on mountain roads where they either have... Uh, chain link fencing on the side of it, which mm-hmm. is scary enough. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's even scarier when they don't have fencing, but they have signs that say, you know, watch out for falling rocks. Yeah, or good luck, pal. Yeah. Um, there are things that people are doing, though, uh, when they do build roads. They uh, sometimes will put in drainage pipes to carry away water, right. which helps. Uh, impermeable membranes like plastic sheeting. Yeah, so it can't trickle down. And, yeah, retaining walls. Yeah. And reforestation. So if you're going to clear cut an area, uh, if you're going to harvest timber, maybe go back in there and uh, try and reforest. Plant something. Yeah. You know, for get, a number a of reasons, structure. really. Sure. I can't believe that that's not a law. That if you take 
X number of trees down, you have to plant X number of trees. And the number you plant should be more than the number you took. Is that not a law? I'm sh- I'm quite sure it's not. Yeah. We can't even get black box recorders ejected for an extra, like, 50 bucks a plane, remember? I remember. There's no law for that. Hey, but here in Georgia, we just passed a law where uh, you can mm-hmm. bring guns into churches and uh, bars. Oh, I thought you were going to say that th- I'm actually rejoicing for another l- law. I don't know if it was signed into law or if the House passed it and it's on its way. It is now a crime to drive slow in the fast lane. Or it will soon be when they pass this law. What? Give me some parameters. Do you know? It's called the Slowpoke Bill. Okay. And if you are impeding the flow of traffic, not even if you're going under 55 or under 45. Right. They're so aware that Georgia drives fast yeah. that they say if you're impeding the flow of traffic, even if other people are breaking the law and you're yeah. going the speed limit, you are breaking the law by being a slowpoke in the fast lane, which is the most glorious law yeah. any any city or state has ever come up with. Well, if you states rights. If you go to Europe, the the left lane is just for passing. Like you shouldn't even be traveling in the left lane. Right. It's supposed to be you go around someone. Right. And then you stay out of it. It's supposed to be that way here too. Boy, it ain't. No, but if you got the chops, you can travel in the fast lane as long as you're not holding people up. The ones that are really like yeah. need to go to jail are ones that are just <laughs> knowingly are like I'm driving the speed limit, so right, right. You don't own the road. Yeah. It's like, well, there's ten people behind you that you're holding up. So you're the one who goes to jail now in Georgia. That's going to be tough to enforce. Oh, yeah, it's, well, it's to totally subjective, too. Yeah. I mean, it's like a cop can, it's totally up to the cop to yeah. enforce or not. But yeah, it's still, I just think it's a, it's a grand gesture. Agreed, slow pokes. Okay. So if you want to learn more about, uh, landslides, you can type that word into the search bar at howstuffworks.com. You should also check out geology.com. They have a really great, um, page with lots of different sub pages on landslides yeah and if you're in that area and have been impacted we would love to hear from you yeah for uh, sure and we're thinking about you guys obviously um i think did we say search bar at any point yes well then that means it's time for listener mail all right i'm going to call this um possibly uh the unabomber is writing us uh hey guys i want to send out a note uh from the great north been listening since my buddy Adam played me the Lego podcast a few years ago. And since then, I've been a fairly regular listener, but never more so than over the past few months. Because last spring, I moved from Minneapolis to Juneau, Alaska, for a job gardening at a public uh, arboretum. Sounds like a lovely job, by the way. It does. Well, I live in a little shack in the woods near my work, about 25 miles out of town, about a half a mile from my nearest neighbor, almost free of rent, close proximity to work, and uniqueness of the situation is what drew me to it. I have no internet. I have no cell phone service. So um, every time I head into town, I stop by the library or a coffee shop and download more of your podcasts. Uh, new stuff and oldies but goodies that are still new to me. Uh, I have gotten into the habit of listening to you guys uh, most evenings while making or eating dinner. I know some people in our town, but in the interest of using less gasoline and sparing my more or less meager bank account, I spend the majority of my nights out here alone. Uh, whenever I do go into town um, or one of my friends makes their way out here, I tell them about whatever I've learned from you guys. Uh, listening to you banter and learning a lot of interesting new things has definitely helped me keep my firm grip on my sanity. Nice. Uh, winter is basically wrapping up here. It was long and harsh. We had 96 inches of snow in December alone. Oh, can you hear me? 
I'm, your mind. I'm really looking forward to spring and summer when Alaska comes to life uh, with tourists, seasonal workers, and long sunny days. But I'll still find time to listen to your good stuff, so keep it rolling. Uh, I am happy I decided to live out here this past winter. It's a beautiful spot and a good adventure, but would have been a lot more difficult without the company of you guys. You rule. We do rule. And that is from Will. And Will, that sounds like my kind of life, buddy. I'd love to do that. That is Unabomber-esque. I could... Sands the bombing, I could be the Unabomber. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, Will. Thank you for uh, letting us know that we're helping you out out there. Um, if you want to let us know that we're helping you out, whether you live alone or are part of a Brady Bunch or something like that, you can get in touch with us. First of all, you can hang out with us on social media. Look for SYSK Podcast on things such as Pinterest, Instagram, or Twitter feed, Facebook. Yeah, we we are new to Pinterest and Instagram, so yeah. uh, we'd love for you guys to check us out there. And, and it's very entertaining. Yeah, stuff. it's been fun. And uh, you can uh, send us an email to stuffpodcast at discovery dot com, and you can find all of our information and all sorts of great stuff at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow dot com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks dot com. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Hey, everybody, if you've been looking for love at first sight, it's closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to June 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions.